Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Episode 151. We're just trucking right along, ain't we? Very nice. Love to see it. Hope everybody had a good weekend. I guess we'll jump right into the uh, <laughs> not so great news. Yeah, why not? Deadlocked. Deadlocked is the, uh, the, the word of the night, the word of the, uh, of the morning heading into the new week. Uh, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association, they met on Sunday afternoon in Manhattan for about an hour and a half. Um, the Players Association sent over a new, well, presented a new proposal, a formal proposal, based on the negotiations that have been going on over the past week. I have a quote here from MLB's Glenn Kaplan. Uh, this was relayed by Evan Drellick from The Athletic, and I quote, We were hoping to see some movement in our direction to give us additional flexibility and get a deal done quickly. The Players Association chose to come back to us with a proposal that was worse than Monday night and was not designed to move the process forward. Kaplan continued, On some issues, they even went backwards. Simply put, we are deadlocked. We will try to figure out how to respond. Nothing in this proposal makes it easy. End quote. Again, that was MLB's side of things. Uh, what the Players Association proposed, again, this is per Evan Drellick, who's been uh, an absolute machine through all of these uh, proceedings. Um, again, at least speaking for myself, I am not a collective bargainer. Um, I have an eye for what's fair. I have an eye for what's deserved. Um, I'm also extremely pro-union and pro-player, and that's um, unabashed. Uh, I'm not ashamed to to be to be biased in that sense. I think any employee, um, any worker, should be sympathetic to this cause. Um, but again, this is not a conversation that we're here to have today. Uh, the MLBPA proposed that, well, I should say included in their proposal, that they would grant Major League Baseball the ability to uh, implement on-field changes. They would need a 45-day notice ahead of plan, but starting in the 2023 season, uh, if MLB decides that this is the direction they would like to go, uh, a pitch clock would be uh, implemented. I believe it's a 14-second pitch clock. Larger bases, I don't know what that exactly would entail. Um, and restricting or even banning the infield shift, which I, I get the I get the sentiment of banning the shift. I'm not sure it's gonna solve all of the problems baseball think it thinks it will, but 
I also don't see the problem with an imaginary line. And I hope that guys are allowed to play directly behind second base. I hope there is a an imaginary line over the bag itself that a player can stand over. As long as they can't cross the bag, I get it. I think teams, you know, their their defensive positioning and their 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 data leading to where they place or position their their defensive players in the infield. I think that they can fine tune that to kind of work with guidelines or rules or a or a boundary if it was to be implemented. I think that there would be ways around that, and you know, I'm not. I'm not an, like an ardent supporter of the golden age of batting average, but, um, you know, three guys on one side, I get it. I, I get the frustration with it at times. In the same respect, though, I mean, a player can also, you know, do more to hit to all fields. A player could lay down a bunt two times in a row to an empty side and, Make the defense think twice about putting three guys on one side of the field. Just It comes back to the cat and mouse that baseball is kind of at its core. It, but in the same respect, I understand that, you know, I don't want to say it's gotten out of hand because it hasn't. It's baseball. These are, you know, these are the parameters. You have nine, you have eight fielders, nine including the pitcher. But, um, you know, you do what you want. Or seven defenders outside of the pitcher and the catcher. That would be more apt. You do with them what you want. You know, if you have the data to support moving your defenders around, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to. But in the same respect, um, I guess it's still gamesmanship. I'm, I'm, you can hear me. I'm toying with the idea. I'm debating with myself over it right now. I wouldn't be against banning the shift. I get it that it's all kind of fair play, but... If that's the direction that they want to go, and I think we've heard Francisco Lindor come out and say, you know, not a fan of the shift. But, you know, it is what it is. It's cat and mouse. Um, I think the pitchers already have, uh, you know, clearly a distinct advantage over hitters. Um, A Hall of Fame hitter is going to make an out seven out of ten times. Uh, Plus, with all the new data, I think pitchers have only extended the gap between advantage and and disadvantage as far as them to their counterparts. So, you know, I, I guess I'm okay for kind of leveling out the field, whatever. Besides my, that is all outside of my scope at this point. Um, the bottom line is the union is okay with these changes. And I think that just, it points to another deferral or concession or however you want to categorize it the union continues to make. They continue to, to to knock off or chip away what they were hoping to get in hopes of a compromise. That's what negotiations are supposed to be like. It's not supposed to be one side digging their heels in and not budging nearly at all. Case in point, the uh, pre-arbitration bonus pool, which once again, the Players Association Deferred to Major League Baseball, said, okay, fine, let's go ahead and use the bonus pool. You guys give us some parameters for it, and we'll hit you with a counterproposal. Major League Baseball lowballed them. The Players Association came in really high. I think 115 was the union's first proposal, 115 million. And uh, Major League Baseball was, I believe, 30 million. 
And since those numbers came out, this is, I believe, six weeks or so ago, uh, the Players Association has now come down to $80 million, and the league has gone up to $35 million. So the, uh, I guess the difference in the union's first and most recent bonus pool proposals is the same as the total <laughs> league bonus pool proposal. I'm not sure if that's relevant, but 35 million to 35 million. It, it, I, I found it peculiar. Anyway, um, just another example of the union trying to take steps toward progress. I'm not sure if the league had just become accustomed to the union cutting their own legs out every time that they spoke, that they expected them to do it again on Sunday, and that's why they're all up in arms. Oh, they took a step backwards. No, they just kind of dug their heels in, which is what the league has been doing this entire time. They, they've just been putting their heads in the sand and say, go ahead, negotiate with yourselves, which is what the union's been doing. And I think that's kind of, you know, the the... <laughs> the most good faith negotiation tactic you can employ is by saying, look, you're not going to start it. We'll start it. And the players association has done this like three or four times already. Okay. You're not going to blink. We'll blink. And, um, I think the league wanted the union to blink on Sunday and, and they didn't and good for them for not blinking. Cause when it comes down to it, the, all right. So the competitive balance tax, of course, that that's big, even though it shouldn't be that big. So just to summarize it very, very quickly, revenue, of course, increases every year. Even if you take COVID into it, the COVID season into it, yeah, teams lost money in 2020. As you could see by the Braves financials that were released recently, they made a lot of that money back in 2021. There's no like long-term recouping of losses. If you experience a loss, you get that loss back fast and profit comes very, very shortly, soon thereafter. It's just... That's just how it works when you own a baseball team. That's why billionaires pretty much buy sports franchises as a toy. Um, one, it's going to make them money, and two, they have the money to do it because no league is going to approve a, an owner that, oh, guys, you know, I'm just scraping together this last bit of change out of my couch so I can buy the team. N none of these guys are hurting for cash. They buy a team because it's a safe investment. They buy a team because it gives them a little – well, in most cases, hopefully, a little public goodwill with their local community, whatever. Right? Everyone will like the Will Ponds. <laughs> and if, anyway, another another conversation for another day. Um, you know, you look around and the game grows and players just want their fair cut. I don't think that's too much to ask for. So the players, they want that competitive balance tax to go up to $238 million starting next season, eventually going up to $250 million by the end of the CBA, which I believe is five years. Um, they are okay with additional non-financial penalties being added to the current um, luxury tax penalties that are tacked on to uh, – <clears throat> excuse me, that are tacked on to, to – teams who go over, which only one team went over in 2021. That was the Dodgers. But surprisingly enough, you had eight teams. Well, I'm sorry, seven teams. So numbers two through nine, uh, the Mets were at the end of that list who are within 10 million of the $214, $214 million 
competitive balance tax threshold. So as much as they want to call this just a, a threshold, it's treated as a salary cap. MLB trying to keep their they wanted to they they proposed two hundred and twenty million dollar, which would be a six million dollar increase, but then keeping that increase across the board for the next five years with I believe a one million dollar bump at the end. But uh you know, you've got to keep these things fair. You've got to keep revenue sharing, however you, you want to slice or whatever you want to call it. You've got to keep that on par, man. You have to. Look around all the other professional sports leagues in North America. Uh, the NBA and the NHL, 50-50 revenue split between league and players, right down the middle. The NFL, arguably the biggest, if not, you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, sports leagues in America. To 48% to the players, 52% to the owners. I believe that's how it works out. Which, it's not 50-50, but <laughs> compared to MLB, uh, of course, these are just estimates because numbers are not made public from, from or revenues. Not, or finan- none of the financials are made public from Major League Baseball. But it's estimated that the players receive a 44% share of revenue compared to the owners' 56%. That's a problem. And that, you know, I don't think anybody, the Players Association included, is expecting that to get resolved in one negotiation session, in one CBA. But the gap needs to be closed. There's got to be a bridge over the canyon, and it's got to be easier for these things to be addressed moving forward. It can't turn into a, it can't turn into a lockout every five years. There's got to be progress. You know, profit's one thing. And, and, And profit's, it's not hard to make profit if you're a Major League Baseball team. You know, you can rack up 100 losses on the field in the season and probably still make money just between the TV money, between the postseason money. There's, there's so many different avenues. But no matter what, the revenue comes from one place. It comes from consumers paying money to watch baseball. They don't watch anything else. They don't watch the owners. They don't watch, you know, Whatever you're doing in the stands, they don't watch what you're, you know, the TV. People don't go to the game just for the fucking free free T-shirts getting shot out in between innings. They go to watch baseball. They don't turn on the TV to see commercials. They turn on the TV to watch baseball. The players are the reason baseball is a thing. That's what we love. We love baseball. The game is growing. The grain has grown exponentially in recent years, and it will continue to grow. The players just want their share to grow with the game. And that's not unreasonable. That's not an unreasonable ask. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come right back and just kind of break down what that all means and what we learned on Sunday and what's going to, I guess, what we hope is going to happen this week. Hang, Hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, right. Like we were saying, um, the players just want their fair cut. The players are the product. They are the stream of revenue. And there's, yeah, there's a bunch of different streams of revenue, but it all comes down to the players. Um, and that's what kind of it makes you realize that this is more – it's about more than money. It's about more than just dollars and cents. It's about respect. It's about a certain level of disrespect that the owners are showing the players right now. Um, callously disregarding historic revenue, cost of living increases across the country that, you know, if you want to raise minimum salary, you're going to have to do that. As if it's your league's poverty. No, that's not a great comparison. But that's got to be your bottom. That's got to be your bottom. You've got to treat your bottom as if they're the bottom of any economy, of any society. And you've got to bring them up to snuff. So if cost of living increases, your minimum salary has to increase. If revenues increase... Your salaries have to... That's just how this works. That's what unions are there for. Unions aren't just there to... They're not just there for show. They're there to protect the rights of their workers in every facet. And that does include financial interests. That does include compensation. That does include basic benefits. Basic rights that are... That... that employees and workers are due and it doesn't matter if major league baseball players make anywhere from really good money to ridiculously tremendous amounts of money it doesn't matter because what baseball players are is a very very highly specialized (laughs) line of work that very few people can do i mean look at just look at the the amount of People who turn professional, not major league, just are become professional ball players. So that that's when they start their pro career. It's in the the, the rookie leagues and in the, in the minors. From that point to making your debut in the majors, what what do you have? A couple of percent. From that point to hitting free agency, it's got to be less than one percent. From from that starting gun to an all-star appearance. Again, minute. So th- there's so much more than just, oh yeah, you know, these guys are are, are you're just greedy ball players trying to get 
you know, trying to get more money. Yeah. No, you've got the second part right. They're trying to get more money, but they're 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 do that money. Anyone who's <laughs> it doesn't matter if they put in ten minutes to make two hundred dollars, or they put in eight hours to make two hundred dollars. If they earn two hundred dollars, you owe them two hundred dollars. That's just how it pans. Doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. If if somebody earned their money, and it's shown that. You know, oh, we earn this. If you made this and we earned it for you, then we get our cut. There's got to be a level of understanding, a level of respect. And that that's, again, I went off on a little tangent, but that's what it comes down to. It comes down to respect. And the players are not being shown respect. Um, the players have fallen behind. While revenue grows, the, 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 the pie, the slice of the pie has not increased. Now, Major League Baseball is using games, and we've been saying it here on the show for months, but now you're kind of seeing it come to fruition where Major League Baseball is using April games as as leverage. And, you know, we've seen it and said it in the past how MLB has shown little to absolutely no regard for canceling early season games. Uh, we saw it in 2020 with the COVID season, the COVID negotiations. Teams aren't obligated in a full season to issue rebates to their regional sports networks uh, until after a few dozen games are played. I think 20, 30 games. And then you have to start issuing rebates because it's a long season. Um, You know, add a couple of percentage points here and there, and that stuff all comes out in the wash. Now, with the postseason still very much on track, you can't imagine that they're going to go ahead and bang the entire year. And especially an expanded postseason, you know, the league and teams, everyone's going to still be making their money. They they don't care about April games. It's very simple to see what's been happening. They wanted to just, you know, paint the players into a corner, push them up against the wall, let them lose paychecks, knowing that, you know, MLB knows, oh, we'll make our money back. But these guys, literally, you're taking money out of their pockets, from their families, out of their kids' mouths just to, to, you know, to strong arm them into taking a bad deal. And again, there's been a lot of fans on Twitter, on social media, who have seen through this charade the entire time. And I'm proud of you. I am. Keep on fighting that good fight. But the collateral damage from something like this, um, it's not, it's, it's more than just, well, I'll say it again. It's more than just dollars and cents. Um, this time of year, I said it at the Apple. I were talking about it on Saturday. Please check it out. I actually really enjoyed writing it. So this time of year is all about hope. Hope springs eternal. That's that's the old saying. And instead, you know, this year and in recent years, disappointment, anxiety. That's that's what we get instead. You know, without that buzz, like that spring excitement that we've all kind of grown accustomed to, something just feels off. We felt it in 2020. We're certainly feeling it now. You know, if things don't pan out towards the end of this month, well, really, in the next couple of weeks, and if they do have to cancel two, four more series, uh, next thing that comes off the calendar would be Jackie Robinson Day. That's April 15th. It's the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson's Major League debut. Of course, Jackie Robinson, the first black man to play in the modern Major Leagues, um, you know, broke down the wall for... Just 
decades and decades and, and just so many contributions from black ball players, black staff, black coaches, black journalists. Um, I mean, on a much broader scale, Jackie Robinson breaking into the major leagues in 1947 could have very well, of course, this is a, a very, very wide connection, but it very well could have sparked the match that, you know, eventually led to the civil rights movement in the sixties. And, and you know, you might say that the civil rights movement ended in the sixties, but the civil rights movement is still going on today. And, and we're, you know, it's, you can look at the last 75 years and say, Oh, there's been so much change, but has there really, again, not a conversation for today anyway. Um, but if you wrap that all into one, aspect as Jackie Robinson Day does it ties in America's history to the history of baseball and, and that's it's intertwined to begin with baseball is America's pastime for over a century it might not be today but it still could be but anyway that's what baseball is built on the 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 foundation of Baseball in itself, the foundation, how it's woven into the fabric of America is through history of the game and the statistical glories of the game. That's what, that's what lasts forever. That's what gets us all worked up over records and Hall of Fame votes and, and, and just regular baseball debates with friends or uncles or aunts or cousins or girlfriends or it's 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 what makes this game so special it's more than just oh hey let's flip on the game oh it's three to two that was fun no it's more it's so much more than that and Jackie Robinson Day kind of embodies that on on, on many different levels of course but um letting the league let I guess the league allowing a day like that to kind of go by the wayside it is just such a gut punch to a fan base who, who again, just treasures the aspects of baseball, these aspects of, of baseball to the point that if you take, you know, you start chipping away at that, that's how you lose fans. Who cares about fucking batting average in the shift? That's how you leave permanent scars on fans. Yeah, 94-95 was tough. The strike was tough, and it took a lot to come back from that. Um, doing, it, I mean, everything that's happened over the last few months, but losing the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson making his debut, especially in today's, in, in 2022, in today's world, where that's such a, it's a message that needs to be shared. Um, it's a message that needs to, I mean, He's the only player in Major League history to have his number retired across the league. Hopefully, um, he won't be the the, the last. I re would really love to see Roberto Clemente's uh, 21 retired across the game. I know they started doing it in recent years, but put it up on the wall. Let's do the same. He was just as important for, for Latin American ballplayers. But anyway, um, letting such an important day fall aside would, would be just incredible, incredible injustice to the fans, to, to the game itself. It, 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 like we said before, it comes back to respect. And that would be, 
the ultimate disrespect. Um, yeah, I mean, we guys, I could have got into so many more details about, you know, what we've learned about the strike. What, who? I mean, you guys can go anywhere for that news. I'm just kind of throwing out some thoughts. Uh, we'll have more written content up at the Apple this week. Again, I, I, I'm really kind of putting the finishing touches on something that I've been working on for a while. I'm very, very excited to get that out. Um, and yeah, you know, trying to make lemonade lemonades as far as content creation. Uh, the doom and gloom doesn't, it, it doesn't suit me as, as, you know, at all. I'm sure it doesn't suit you folks well either. So we'll try and spice it up. We'll tell the truth when it needs to be told. But otherwise, uh, you know, I do this to have fun, not to, uh, not to be the bearer of bad news. And that's pretty much all we're getting. But until next time, you guys know the sign off. It's let's fucking go Mets. Peace.